Uh, I want to share with you, if you haven't already, uh, if you already didn't hear the other night, we had a uh, district uh, uh, conference, district meeting right here in the, this room, and some of you all were here, but our... Um, our general bishop, Dr. A.D. Beecham, which is, uh, resides out in Oklahoma City where our international offices are, declared today to be a national day of prayer for the United States of America throughout the International Pentecostal Holiness Church denomination. And of course we want to acknowledge that and I urge you and I trust and hope that you are already praying and that this will be a day that you will give a concerted effort to prayer for our country and our nation. This morning, uh, I think it's very fitting for me to preach a message that will go in alignment with our bishop's request or declaration of prayer. So we thank you for being here today. We thank our Facebook audience. We thank our uh, audience that is listening by EV Radio for being here today. Uh, we just want to take time to give heed to the important week that we have coming up. I'm not making this a political campaign. If you think that's what it is, you're, you're wrong. That's not what it's about at all. But this is to bring awareness to us has people that live in probably, no doubt, the most blessed nation on the face of the earth. My slide pointer's not working, Warren, so I'll have to get you to advance for me there, sir, or, or bring it back up. So if you'll just go ahead. I want you to turn to the book of Romans. The book of Romans, chapter 13. And in Romans, chapter 13, verse number 1, there's a very relevant verse of Scripture to where we are at as a people right now. We are in a time of great decision-making. The Scripture says, Romans 13 and 1, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. I want you to notice that. Now, there's... It's not really a trick, but it could be said there's a little bit of play on words right there. Let everyone be subject to the to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. God is not dependent on any other entity. You, you hear me say that actually quite often. God is the only entity that exists on the face of the earth that is totally self-sufficient. Now I hear people talk about, I'm a self-made man, or I'm a, I'm a self-made woman, or someone that says they're independent. They, give answer to no one or, or they give account to, to, to nothing or nobody. But in essence, that's really not true at all. You see, everything that exists in your life and my life, everything that exists in this great state of West Virginia, almost heaven, 
West Virginia, take me home, country roads. But, but it doesn't exist of its, just itself. The United States of America doesn't exist of itself. In fact, the, the entire world does not exist of itself. It all exists because of something else and, and ultimately the end result, if you, if, if you, if you climb that ladder or you climb that tree, the, the existence is because of God, because it's, it's God that, that made everything and created everything and everything exists and everything lives and everything that breathes, breathes because of God. The only thing that we see in the beginning was God. Because in the beginning was God, the scripture declares. Every other existence is dependent on another source. Societies, laws, and governance must have a reference point of morality if they're to exist at all. You see, we, we, we talk sometimes and today is Mission Sunday and you, you might not realize this and, but, but there, there are still places in the far reaches of this vast planet earth that we live on. There are still unreached people groups, indigenous groups that are very, still very, very, very primitive and very undeveloped. And, and, and if you would, some people would call them heathen. And, and, uh, and when we begin to think about that, that, but, but even they somehow, they're, 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 they have some code of ethics within their own means. But when we begin to look at, at society that has developed and cultures that have developed, and we begin to look at the circumstances of people that are no longer, if you would, considered to be, to be, uh, uh, you know, heathenistic, if you would. We find that there, somewhere underlying, there are laws and there are, there are governments and, and, and there, there is the establishment of guidelines and, and somewhere there has to be a base of, of beliefs and morals that exist in that society. And the only existence that we can find, the only existence that we discover, because you see, it, it's not with, it's not within humanity's given nature that, that we be obedient. It's not within humanity's, uh, given nature that we be moral or we be good if you would, but that's where we go back to the early days of Scripture, the early pages of Scripture, and we find that, that yes, God was working and God was moving, but God sent a fellow named Moses to the top of the mountain. And as He sent Moses to the top of the mountain, He began to speak to Moses, and He, and he gives Moses laws, and we now know them as the Ten Commandments, and, and Moses bring those, brings those laws back from the mountain, and in the disgust of what he sees when he gets back from the mountain he breaks them he destroys them if you would but yet God reinstituted those laws those laws those laws do not save us those laws do not redeem me but those laws the new testament says are the schoolmaster if you would it is the moral compass it is the gauge wherein we can discern some of what we should and we should not do what is more 
morally correct. What is morally incorrect? It's the establishment that laws and governments all over the world and societies have used to establish their well-being in the world today. And then also we must realize that there is the establishment of kingdom authority. This, in the establishment of kingdom authority, what, when we read those scriptures, that, that scripture that I shared with you this morning, uh, we see that Paul taught the church at Rome. Listen, Rome, Rome, if you would, Rome in the time that Paul wrote this letter to them, Rome was the, uh, Rome was an illustration of the uh, of the world if you would it was the it was it was if you would the united states of the day it was the mecca center of of prosperity of of knowledge and of education rome it was the world center of government if you would paul includes everyone he said let everyone be subject and subject is a word that means be submissive. And, and, and then he, he, he goes on and he says ex- that there is no authority except that which God has established. That word establish is very important. It occurs eight, more than eight times in New Testament scripture. In the, it was originated in the Greek word tasso, which occurred eight times. And it means to arrange or to appoint. For, so here, let me give you some examples if I can this morning. Uh, if, if you read Exodus chapter 7 through 11, you find a Pharaoh. Now there was many Pharaohs, but this is a particular Pharaoh. It was Pharaoh, the Pharaoh of Egypt. And it was the Pharaoh that God delivered the message to that said, let my people go. And in all of that, what we find that Pharaoh, king, the, 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 the king of Egypt, he was a corrupt oppressor, but yet he was ordained by God. In fact, if you go back and you read the word, if you go to Exodus chapter 9, verses 15 through 17, Moses brings the word of the Lord to that Pharaoh, and he says, For by now I could have stretched out my hand and could struck you and your people with a plague that would have wiped you off of the face of the earth. But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all all the earth, you still set yourself against my people and will not let them go. You see what God delivers his word through Moses to Pharaoh is saying, I could wipe you out. I could annihilate you and your kingdom. I could, I could, I could, I could just smear Egypt right off the map, but I'm fixing to use you to liberate my people and to let them go. Even though you're a wicked leader, you're a wicked king, you're a wicked Pharaoh. I'm getting ready to use you, Pharaoh, and I just want you to be aware of that. Then we see in Romans chapter 9, if you want to turn over there later, but Romans chapter 9 and verses 16 and 17, we find God's sovereign choice there is outlined in Paul's writing because Paul Paul wrote to the church at Rome. He said, it does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For the scripture says, Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose and that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. If you want to 
to go over into the to the writings of Jesus, you go to John chapter 19 and verse 11. And you can read there that Jesus informed Pontius Pilate that the only power that he possessed was the power that God granted him. He could not do just whatever he wanted to, however he wanted to. But the only thing you can do, Pontius, is what power I have granted you to do. When we begin to look at back in Daniel chapter 4 at the call of King, wicked King Nebuchadnezzar, if you would, we find that, that the wicked King Nebuchadnezzar is called a servant of the Lord. Three times in Jeremiah is Nebuchadnezzar deemed the servant of the Lord, even though he is one of the most wicked. He is, if you would, in the matter of kings, he is the daddy of wickedness. We find that Paul wrote to the New Testament church that even not even the devil can, the, the devil cannot do whatever he wants to do. He can only do what he is, he is allowed or permitted to by God. I want I want you to see and realize with me this morning that God is in control of everything in every situation. God will use political authority to either bless his people or God will use political authority to execute his judgment. But here's, here's where it starts coming into you and I. We have to begin to choose our leaders. We're blessed to live in such a a free state, if you would. Here's what happens. We have to choose our direction. 1 Samuel chapter 8 provides a tremendous example of choosing our direction. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, if you read there and study this out, you'll find that the the people held... Uh, beheld Samuel and as no longer being able to lead them. They, they begin to look at Samuel's sons and Samuel's sons had went every direction in life you possibly could go, I guess. And they begin to look at the sons of Samuel's, which would be the, by, by, by culture and tradition of that time would be his successors. One of those sons would be Samuel's successors. But they said, they're not fit to lead us. Upset. But God let them have their king. They begin to cry out, we want a king. We want to be like, Israel says, we want to be like the, the rest of the nations of the world. We want a king. We want a, we want an earthly king to rule and to reign over us. We want a king so we can be like everybody else. So God said, you can have your king. But God, in no certain, no uncertain terms, He said, but your king will do His own thing. Your king will do what He wants to do. So we see that slavery, domination, oppression, and taxation. Taxes are nothing new. Overtook what God, what God had intended, if you would, to be free. You see, in 1 Samuel 8 and 18, the Lord says, The day will come when you cry out, but I'm not going to be listening to you. Simply because they said, We want our king our way. Wow. 
choices. Choices have consequences. And when, as choices have consequences, then we find that, uh, we go to Hosea chapter 13, and I want you to read this with me. Choices have consequences. And, and here's what, here's what the prophet, he, Hosea, announced to Israel under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, if you would. He said, you are destroyed, Israel, because you are against me, against your helper. That's the Holy Ghost. You, you are against me, against your helper. Where is your king that he may save you? Man, that is, that is a very sobering question that God is asking his people. Where is your king that he might save you? Where are your rulers in all of your towns of whom you said, give me a king and princess? Give us our king. Give us our princess. So God said, in my anger, in my anger, I gave you a king. And in my wrath, I took him away. You see, God lets us make our choices. He, 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 God has a plan. He has a design. He has a will for our lives. He has a will for our communities. He has a will for our nations. But yet he lets us make choices. But we must be mindful because we must understand that our choices have consequences to them. But here's the good news. God fulfills his plan. In every circumstance. In every circumstance. Because God has a plan that was ordained from the foundations of the earth. He has He has a plan that was put in place before it was ever written in these, these books that we hold in our hands that we call the Bible. God has a plan that, 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 that can, that is unchangeable. It's immovable. God has a plan that has been, is, and will be fulfilled. And in all of that, we still, yes, we have choices, but even in spite of our choices, God's plan is going to be fulfilled. The difference maker is the position that we take in the fulfillment of that plan. So, God fulfills His plan in every circumstance. God has always used government as the vehicle to distribute morality and civility. If you don't believe it, go back and study your Old Testament. Go back, go back, read the book of Leviticus. You could even start in Genesis, the beginning. And you read there and, and you find, and somebody says, well, now I don't believe God is a God of do's and don'ts. I don't believe a God's a, uh, is, is a God of, of yeses and no's. And I, I don't, I don't believe that God is a God of, uh, of, of you can't do this, but you can do that. But let me tell you something. That is true in some sense. That is true in so many ways as far as has a course of, of legalism and being dominated by, by, by a, a legal indoctrination. But I want you to know this. As you, as I read this book, I find out that God is a holy God and God separates sin from holiness. He separates immor- immoral from moral. He separates good from evil. I find that yes, there indeed is 
yes and no's. There is do's and don'ts. There exists uh, uh, black and white. If we mingle those colors together, we find that everything becomes gray. I find that in the Word of God, there are defining differences that establishes our moral law. And God has always used a, a type of government to establish morality and civility. So we get to choose our blessing or we get to choose the curse. Isaiah 1 and Amos 5 give outlines and uh, these are good places for you to go and study on your time. We don't, time will not allow this morning for us to go there. But you can go, you can go to Isaiah 1 and you can go to Amos 5 and there you can find outlines of God's tolerance but also His judgment. God is taller. He's, he's long-suffering. He's merciful. He's, he's graceful. But we must also realize that, that God is a God of righteous judgment. A God of righteous judgment. But what we have in the world that we live in right now, in, in uh, not just the world, but let me bring it on home just a little bit further. My slides are messing up here on me. I'm going wrong because I got it turned upside down. Here's where we're at. It's a collision of opposites. We live in a world right now, it's a collision of opposites. Now, I, I remember a little bit about science. Science class was a long time ago. But I remember a little bit. I remember a little bit about when atoms, atoms collide. I remember a little bit about when cold air and hot air collides. When hot air and cold air collides, we call it thunder. I can remember a, a little bit about uh, a negative and a positive magnet. And if you if you put two of the same type together, instead of pulling together a magnet, one magnet will push the other away. I, I can remember those things. I, 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 I can remember a little bit about uh, literature and English, and I, I can remember that what the opposite means that that something's in two different directions. They're two different opinions. They're 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 miles apart. They're 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 they're, they're totally opposites. They're different, but we live in a world of opposites. And, and and that should be of no surprise to us because as we live in this world of opposites. We have to realize the scripture said we will. Because the scripture says woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own ways and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks. Who acquit the guilty for a bribe but deny justice. To the innocent. You see, in that prophetic word, we see Isaiah, the prophet of God, speaking these woes of God unto a people that have, that have lost their moral compass. They have lost their moral ex- uh, uh, existence, if you would. They have, they're separating themselves from, from what is right and doing what is wrong. They're, they're no longer in light, but they are now in darkness. They're no longer, no longer positive, but they now have become negative. And, and what we see is that is happening 
happening not only in the world, but I'm going to bring it down home a little closer. But we see that happening in the United States of America. We even see that happen in Mercer County, Tazewell County, Bland County, Raleigh County, With County, wherever you may be. We you, you, we see that, that, that a world that is calling evil good and they're calling good evil. That they're replacing darkness for light and and, and they're 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 replacing bitterness, uh, uh, sweetness with bitterness. And we find ourselves in a world that is in a collision. We're in a collision. We're not on a collision course. Whether you realize it or not, right now the United States of America is in the middle of a collision of opposites. And here is a lot of the problem. We are in a, and I know this, this is not really a word. I made it up, okay? That's one of the privileges of pastoring. You get to make up your own words. We don't live in a self-guided society. We live in a self-guided society. That's not unusual. It, it, it's, it's not something that just happened. You see, because it happened back in the garden. That, that was the product of, of deception of, of Satan in the, in the Garden of Eden. The, the product of Satan was, uh, God don't want you to eat of this fruit because he knows if you eat of this fruit that you're going to become as God's. You see, we, we live in a self-guided society. We, we, there, there's no one we have to give accountability to. Uh, you know, th- this, this book, this book that we, we open and, 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 and read from and, and, and we base our Christian faith on, uh, you know, to, to many people. Let, let me, I'll say, tell you something that blows your mind. Even within the realm of Christianity, over 60% of people that say they are Christians in America do not believe that this is the total infallible, inerrant Word of God. I believe, I believe nearly everything in this book right here I hold in front of you. The only part that I'm not sure of is the part in here that says genuine leather. That's a little questionable because of the way it's wore. I mean, it might be pleather instead of leather. Might be that faux leather, might. That's an inside joke with my wife. But here's the thing about it. We, that, that is the deception. You will be as God, Satan said. That's why God don't want you to do it. You'll be as God's. Woe unto those people. Woe unto those people who call evil good and good evil and who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks, who acquit the guilty for a bribe but deny justice to the innocent. Let me tell you this. Government was created to protect people. God created government to keep people. In the ancient of times, and it's still a godly principle today, to maintain moral decency and to give honor to God. But if you go back to Judges chapter 21, In Judges 21, verse 25, we find the word of the Lord said, In those days there was no king in Israel, so every man 
did that which was right in his own sight. A self-guided society. A self-governed society. A society where everything goes and nothing is wrong. A society that is absent of morals. A society that, that has no ethics about it. A society... That is rebellious. And if you read the scripture, the scriptural definition on, on, on re- rebellion, it says rebellion is as. It equates it, the equivalent to the sin of witchcraft. Last night was Halloween. And there was a lot of people played witches in Halloween. But let me tell you something. You don't, you don't understand how, you don't understand witchery until you understand. It's not little bl- bl- women with black hats and a broom and a black cauldron somewhere, uh, cooking up eye of newt and heart of the toad and all that stuff. But it's evil. It's, it's deception. And understand this with me right now as we begin to bring this near an end. That we have a country right now in front of us. And I'm proud I live here. I was talking with someone just the other day. And I was sharing that, uh, uh, I was sharing our, our recent, most recent trip, 2017, when some of you out of this church and we all, we all went down to Honduras and we built a church up in the Honduran mountains and we saw those people, those poor people that live on two dollars a day. They have to pay a dollar to ride the bus to, to their work. So they live on a dollar a day. That's those that had jobs. The, and many of them had no jobs and they would walk down the road carrying, uh, you know, these big, Loads of produce that they had maybe grew in a little patch behind their hut somewhere. But, but, but as I was talking to this gentleman, I said, I was telling him the story about the Honduran mountains. And he says, you know what? He said, every American ought to go visit one of those places before they vote. I said, I agree with you. I agree with you. But there's responsibility on our part. Yes, we live in a, Self-guided society. But here's our responsibility. Our responsibility is to, is to number one, stand for godly biblical principles. If you haven't, I, we voted over a week ago. So I can't preach to myself right now. Okay? But some of you haven't voted. And I don't want to tell you how to vote. But I'm telling you this, you need to vote. Somebody told us yesterday... Somebody told us yesterday the story about somebody that says, I don't get into politics, I don't vote. Well, you don't vote, then you don't, don't say nothing, okay? If you don't vote, don't you have nothing to say? Before pandemic hit, was all, all of the Tudors gang was sitting down here at Tudors one morning, and one woman was giving, uh, giving uh, our government officials down the road, and uh, another person spoke up and said, did you vote? No, I didn't vote. That person said, keep your mouth shut. Charlie Howard. <laughs> he put the blessing on. We love you, Charlie, if you're watching this, by the way. We miss you. 
But here's here's the thing about it. Here's the thing. About it. We need to stand for godly principles. Uh, you know, I, 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 it's not for me to walk up and punch somebody in the nose because they don't adhere to godly principles or biblical values. That's not my job. That's not my place. My my job is to preach the gospel, to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. My my pastoral call is to tend to the sheep of the fold and minister to them and to nurture them. My call is not to punch somebody in the nose, and neither is yours. But we do have the opportunity to go and to vote biblical principles. And remember this when you go into that voting booth. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are at heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks. To, uh, who acquit the guilty for a bribe but deny justice to the innocent. The second thing responsibility is, I've already covered it actually, is to vote. Understand biblical principles. Understand godliness. And get out and vote. You got, you, you got two more days. You got two more days. I think early voting ended yesterday, but, so you've got, actually you've got Tuesday. And then, as we're gathered here this morning, is regardless of what happens, regardless of what happens Tuesday, what, whatever you wake up to Wednesday morning, no matter if you're, if who you voted for was elected or who you voted for was defeated. No matter if it's presidential, gubernatorial here in West Virginia, or a local candidate, board of supervisors or something. You and I have a responsibility as Christian people, followers of Jesus Christ, to pray for those that are in rule over us, even when we don't like them. In fact, probably more so when we don't like them. That's our responsibility. And, and you can go to Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 2 and you find a little bit more of that. As Paul says, I urge you then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness. And all holiness. You see. I know all about. I'm not claiming I'm authority. But I know all about. I've heard all about separation in church and state. So don't bring that argument to me today. Because that 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 law, that law or that, that constitutional declaration in itself. Was, was not to keep the church out of government. It actually was just the opposite. To keep government out of the church. That's why we're here anyway in what we call the United States of America. But we have a responsibility to pray and to seek God. Let me tell you this. You may not understand this. We, we hear a lot of numbers. We have a, we hear a lot of negative press right now. We have for the last several years of how the church is in decline. Christianity, postmodern Christianity is dying. It's going away fast. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I will tell you something that you may not know right now this morning. 
If the people of this world that deem themselves Christian or deem themselves religious or deem themselves, if you would, as believers in God. If the people of this country that deem themselves as believers in God, Christians, evangelicals, Protestants, Catholics, even, even if you want to go into the realm of Jehovah Witness and Mormons, even if you, even if you want, you want to go out and you touch on the Amish and, and by the way, there's, there's more Amish people, so I hear reported voting this year than ever before. If the people that, that still put value in godly principles and godly standards in, in, in any facet, in any way, in any design, and some of the ones I named, uh, are, are false doctrines. Some of the ones that I named are cult, if you would. But here's the thing about it. If people of this land would get out and use their rights, God-given rights as U.S. citizens, I think we would see this country hold on to a moral compass for a little bit longer. Amen. Now, I've got a video we're going to play. Dave, I hope that's ready. You can go ahead and, and, and cue it up. But because of that, this video, it's nothing wrong with the video, but it does have copyrights attached to it. And if I put it up and it goes out on live stream, then we'll get, you know, we're subject to being taken off live stream. So we're going to say goodbye.